go, and I thank God for that. Amen. I'll preach a few minutes tonight from Psalms chapter 25, and if you're able to stand in reverence to the Word of God, I'm just going to preach a few moments tonight, and uh, then we'll have our conference meeting here at the close of the service. But I'll say it's already, I could go home right now and say it's been good being God's house. Amen. And I'm thankful for an old-fashioned church and appreciate the presence of God and what God is doing in this place. Psalms 25 and verse number 1, the Bible says, Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Show me thy ways, O Lord, teach me thy paths, lead me in thy truth, and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation, on thee do I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindness, for they have been ever of old. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions, according to thy mercies, remember thou me for thy goodness sake, O Lord. Verse number 11. For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon uh, mine iniquity, for it is great. Verse number 15, mine eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of, the, out of the net. Turn thee unto me, and have mercy upon me, for I am desolate and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. O bring thou me out of my distress. Look upon mine afflictions and my pain, and forgive all my sins. Consider mine enemies, for they are many, and they hate me with cruel hatred. O keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in thee. Father, I pray that you'll bless the reading of thy word. Thank you for the good testimonies tonight, Lord, that's encouraged our heart, our soul. Lord, we thank you for the good songs that's been sung, the message that's already been preached. And I pray now that you'll do what needs to be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I read some selective verses out of Psalms 25. Uh, because the verses that we have read tonight, uh, this being a psalm of David here, and David, when he wrote this psalm, this is uh, one of nine psalms that are called acrostic psalms. And if you've got a Rock of Ages Bible, it'll have those acrostic psalms listed there, Psalms 25, Psalms 111, Psalms 145, Psalms 34, Psalms 112, Psalms 37, and then Psalms 119. Uh, these other eight psalms, along with Psalms 25, are what is known as acrostic psalms. And what they mean by that is that the Hebrew alphabet, one letter of every or of the Hebrew alphabet is mentioned throughout each verse of this psalms. Now, only 21 of those letters are mentioned in Psalms 25. Uh, but I think the importance of this psalm is that it was no doubt probably written in a time uh, whenever David was dealing with Absalom's rebellion. And as David is writing this psalm here, we're not going to look at all these verses tonight, but the verses that we have read, verses 1 through 7, verse number 11, and then verses 15 down to verse number 20, uh, we find that in this psalm here are three prayers that David prays in Psalms 25. And one of the things that I think about when I read the book of Psalms is that uh, if there's anything that is emphasized throughout this entire book, whether it be David who is the author or whether
whether it be anyone else for that matter, uh, what is emphasized throughout the Psalms is that of prayer and that of praise. Amen? And you know if there's any two things that are missing in our churches today, I, I believe if there's any two things that is most needed in our churches today, uh, our churches needs to be uh, filled with prayer and they need to be filled with praise. Amen? And no doubt one of the reasons there's not a lot of praise going on in our churches is there's probably very little praying going on amongst most of our pews and even in our pulpits today. But David was a man of both. He was a man of prayer and David was a man of praise. And you'll find that in this psalm here. Uh, But David prays three prayers and I want to mention them and be through tonight. Uh, First of all, I want you to see in verses 1 through 7, uh, the first prayer that David prays uh, is that David prays for guidance. Notice what he says in verse number 1. He says, Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. And so David is seeking God. And he's not just praying, but David is praying for guidance. You say, well now, uh, Brother Gravely, how do you know that? Well, uh, notice what he said in verse number 4. He said, Show me uh, thy ways, O Lord. And then he said, Teach me thy paths. Uh, Then in verse number 5, he said, Lead me in thy truth and teach me. So it's very clear to see that in these verses here uh, that David is seeking God for guidance. I I want to say tonight I'm glad that we serve a God uh, that we can go to and that we can ask for leadership, we can ask for direction, and we can ask for guidance whenever we need it. Amen? I think about that Proverbs in chapter 3 and verse number 5 and you know this verse. uh, The Bible said, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Amen. You know that God is a God that not only wants to deliver us, but he wants to direct us and give us guidance in this walk of life. Amen. Now it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter how young or how old you are tonight. Listen, if you want to see, if you're willing to seek God for guidance, then God is willing to give the leadership that is needed concerning the matter. Amen. Amen. You know what happens a lot of times? We, pray, we, we go through life and we make decisions without praying about them. And every one of us tonight could testify of times that we have made choices and decisions without really seeking the, the face of God and we've suffered the consequences. Isn't that right? Some have been great and some have been small. But as David is praying for guidance in this uh, uh, passage of Scripture, I see here uh, his desperation as throughout these seven verses. Notice uh, uh, these phrases as he says, Unto thee, O Lord. And I circled that phrase. And then in verse number two, he starts that verse off by saying, O my God. And then in verse number four, he says, O Lord, teach me thy paths. In verse number six, he says, Remember, O Lord. And then he closes verse number seven by saying, Remember thou me for thy goodness sake, O Lord. What does that say to us? Those phrases. It reveals the desperation in David's voice as he is seeking God's guidance. Now, you might be here tonight and say, Preacher, I prayed for God's guidance and I didn't find it. Well, let me ask you this question. Did you get desperate, amen? Because sometimes that's where we have to get to find the answer. It's not that God's playing hide and seek with us. It's just God's trying to work with us and through us. And he's got to bring us to that point where we're serious in our prayer life, amen? 
And sometimes we'll just pray haphazardly or half-heartedly. And so therefore God will just withhold from us so that we'll get down and get serious and say, oh Lord, and then God will go to work. And I see his desperation. I see in verse number two his dependence. As he said, oh my God, notice this, I trust in thee. Now when you pray for guidance, you can't trust yourself. You can't trust the circumstances or you can't trust other people or other resources. But I tell you, when we find guidance from God, it's when we reach that point of desperation and dependence where we say, Lord, I'm just going to trust in thee. And I see his dependence and I see his diligence as he says in verse number three, yea, let, let not notice this, let not that, let not that, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. And then in verse number five, for the latter part, he said, on thee do I wait, notice this, all the day. I see his diligence that day David has reached a point in his life. He said, God, I am not doing anything. I'm not making a decision. I'm not turning in any direction. I'm not going to go forward with this uh, until uh, I, until you give me the answer. I'm going to wait on thee. And can I tell you tonight, it pays to be diligent in prayer and just wait on God. Amen. Don't get in a hurry. Don't try to do something yourself. Just wait. You may not uh, like the situation. You may not like where you're at in life right now. But I promise you, if you'll learn to wait on God, and that's a process throughout our lives, but waiting on God is the best thing that we can ever do in situations when we need guidance. Amen. And then I see his discernment in this text. uh, As he says in verse number 5, he says, Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies. And then in verse 7, he says, remember not the sins of my youth. You know what David's doing in prayer? He's seeking God for guidance, but he's using discernment. And I think discernment is something that's missing in a lot of saints today. Can I tell you how discernment comes? Number one, you have to pray for it. Number two, you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit if you're ever going to have real discernment in life. I promise you the people that run around and they testify and they say, well, I've got the gift of discernment. They have absolutely no discernment. Amen. Because anybody with any real discernment don't boast about discernment. Amen. And discernment is not a gift that's only given to a few. Discernment is for everybody. The Bible said a spiritual man judgeth all things. Amen. And so when you and I walk in the Spirit and when we wait on the Lord, then God gives us direction and He gives us discernment to make the right choices. Now, that don't puff us up or build us up. If anything, that humbles us. Amen. And we realize that we need God and that we must wait on him and so guidance uh, uh, comes through spirituality and real spiritual people uh, never boast about having discernment and so I see a prayer for guidance but then notice in verse 11 I see a prayer for grace notice what he said he said for thy name's sake O Lord pardon mine iniquity for it is great David starts to pray another prayer here and this prayer is a prayer for grace and what I notice about this prayer is it's very simple it's very short but it's very sincere, isn't it? I wrote that beside that verse because you know what, Brother Barnes, that helped me. When David sought forgiveness for God, he was very short in his prayer. He was very simple in what he said, but he was very sincere. You know, a lot of times the devil wants you to think that you just got to get down and confess everything that you, and you, you know, there's nothing wrong. We ought to confess everything we can think of, but the truth of the matter is I've done more sinning than I can remember, Amen. 
And so I have to pray, God, remember thy mercies and, and remember not the sins of, of my youth and remember not my iniquities, but God, would you give me pardon? Amen. I'm going to tell you when a sinner comes down the aisle and gets saved, they don't have to remember every sorry, low down thing they've ever done. All they, they got to do is be willing to repent and ask for the grace of God and trust the grace of God. And I'll tell you what God will do. He'll baptize them in his blood. He'll baptize them in his spirit and thank God one prayer of forgiveness and one cry for pardon will wash away a lifetime of guilt and a lifetime of sin and a lifetime of misery you know why because it's not my praying that gets the job done it's God's mercy and God's grace you say brother gravely I've messed my life up and I've started up and I've made all kinds of mistakes and the devil rides me hard I understand that but what you ought to do is dive neck deep in the grace of God and trust what you cannot do and say I am what I am I'm only breathing by the grace of God and friend I want to tell you if God loves you enough to get you up this morning then don't think for one moment he don't love you enough to forgive you of the sins that we have committed amen our God will abundantly pardon if we'll ask for it amen the truth is I've needed as much grace since I've been saved if not more than I did before I ever got saved and David prays for guidance and David prays for grace. And then I want you to notice this. David prays for uh, guardianship. He said in verse number 15 down to verse number 20, he prays another prayer. He said, my eyes are ever toward the Lord. And what he emphasizes in these verses is, in verse number 15, he emphasizes his difficulty. He said, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. David says, I've been in the net. I've been in the enemy's uh, uh, zone. I've been where the enemy has laid a snare. And I, my feet have trotted over the net of the enemy. And he was ready to draw the string. But thank God, while my feet was even in the net, uh, God brought deliverance. Amen. He plucked my feet out of the net. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever walked through the enemy's net? Uh, has the enemy ever laid a snare out for you? Uh, has the devil, the adversary, ever put something in your path? Uh, and had it not been for prayer? And had it not been for God's guardianship and him looking out for you? Uh, that Listen, your feet was fast in the net. Uh, I'm telling you what about a God uh, that'll sweep down like a mother hawk uh, and will grab you out of the clutches of the enemy? Hey, that's what the Bible says. Uh, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he hath redeemed out of the hand of the enemy. Amen. I'm going to tell you how good our God is. The enemy may have you by the throat, but God's big enough to reach his hand down and pull you right out of the clutches, thank God, of the enemy. There have been so many times that I thought the devil had me, but thank God I'm glad there's refuge in the Lord. Praise God. Amen. And through difficult times in life, God hears and answers prayer and he emphasizes his difficulties and then he emphasizes uh, in verse 17 his distress he said the troubles of my heart are enlarged uh, oh bring thou me out of my distress have you ever been in distress I mean have you ever cried out to God and felt like you were so overwhelmed the troubles of life 
had enlarged themselves. What does that mean? David is saying my problems is bigger than what I am. My troubles have engulfed me. I don't know what to do, God. My heart is overwhelmed. I'm reminded of another place when he said when my spirit is overwhelmed, he said lead me to the rock that is higher than I. He said I'll lift mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. I'm glad I serve a God tonight that when I'm in distress, I can call out to Him. I can send a 911 call to heaven and He's got a listening ear and God is ready to deliver us from our distress. Amen. And then I like verse 18. He emphasizes His disgrace. As He says, Look upon mine affliction and my pain and notice this, and forgive all my sins. I can't help but think that as David is thinking about the problem he's going through, that he's no doubt probably thinking, I've brought this on myself. Have you ever thought that before? And David is disgraced by his own sin. In verse 18, David looks up to God. And then in verse 19, God looks down to David. As he said, consider mine enemies, for there are many, and they that hate me, with, they hate me with cruel hatred. He talks about his danger. And then verse 20, his deliverance. Oh, keep my soul and deliver me. I like that old song that says, Our God delivers again. Amen. 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 I'm telling you, God knows how to bring deliverance in times of distress and disgrace. And David said, Look not on mine affliction. Forgive all my sins. Holy Spirit really spoke to my heart about that verse today. Because a lot of times, think about this, people when they sin... I think if we're not careful, sometimes we, with good intentions, we do wrong. You say, what do you mean, preacher? I mean when people sin, if we're not careful, we try to take the reproach of sin away from them. We coddle them and we say, and we should have compassion, but there's a difference in compassion and and making someone sin okay. There's shame comes with sin. Somebody say amen. And when we sin, we have to bear the reproach of shame. David, there, listen, he, there was nobody that loved God more than David. But David had to bear his reproach of sin. And a lot of times people get out there and sin and they, they, they waller in it. And then Christians will do the worst thing. Now we ought to go after them and we ought to compel them and we ought to witness to them. But I'm going to tell you, part of that witnessing is being honest. Nowadays, if you witness to people like people used to, people say you're judgmental. But I'm going to tell you something. When you go to people and they're living in sin, you ought to go, the Bible says open rebuke is better than secret love. Yes, to pat somebody on the head when they're living in sin and saying, now God loves you and we love you and you're okay. God does love them and we do love you, but you're not okay. I've seen people so many times when they get in sin, do you know what they want to do? They won't blame the church every time. Am I, anybody ever heard that? Then they won't blame the preacher. Or they won't blame. The, the, they won't blame the youth group when they get in sin. They they want to. They want to put that. You know why they're doing that? They don't want to bear the reproach. And a lot of times, I think if we're not careful, we take that reproach away. But I'm gonna tell you something. What brought the prodigal home was he got ashamed of the way he was living. And I'm not going to take the shame away. Amen, brother. You know that. I'm not going to take the shame away. 
because they never really get right. How many times have you seen people, we've drug them back in by, by making them think everything's okay, and old pride's still there. But I'll tell you how to know when they get right is when they come in, they got that head hung down. And we go over and we love, we put our arm around and say, I love you, sister. I love you, brother. Yeah. We're praying you get right with God. Yes. Amen. Get right before something happens to you. Get, that's how people used to witness to people. Yeah. Get right before you wind up in the cemetery. Put your arm around that old sinner and say, I hope you get saved. We don't want you to go to hell. Amen. Yeah. Give them a gospel that's got hell in it. They'll hang that old head in shame. You know what? Then God, that heart's tender. God can work on. But I'm going to tell you, if they come in feeling justified, amen, boy, I got to thinking about that this evening. If they come in feeling justified, you can forget it. They may come down the altar and they may shed a few tears, but I promise you it won't last six months. But when that shame, that reproach comes in, God uses that. That old prodigal got down in that hog pen. While they get us a song ready, I'm going to give you this and be done. But that prodigal got down in that hog pen. And he got to looking down in the bottom of that bucket and he reached down there and would have filled his, the Bible said he would have filled his belly with the husk the swine did eat. And I'm going to tell you something, that's pretty low, isn't it? He got looking at that bucket of slop no man gave. You know what that father didn't do? He never went down to the hog pen after him. He let that old boy waller out there. He let him waller in sin. And he kept doing what he was supposed to be doing. There has been times when the Holy Spirit has said, just let them go. I'm going to bring them back the hard way. And I've let them go. And I'm going to tell you, when they come home, they do. They come home broken. But thank God they come home. Amen. That boy never come home if that father kept taking food down to him. He'd have kept going. If he kept taking money down to him, guess what? He'd have kept living the same life. But when he let him get down in the hog pen and look in the bottom, he said, how many of my, hire, my father's hired servants... Lord, they got bread, and I'm down here in the hog pen. I'm going home. I'll rise and go to my father, and I'll say to my father, Father, I'm no, no more worthy. I've sinned it to be called thy son. He said, I've sinned against heaven. That's the first place he realized he'd done wrong. And then I've sinned against thee. When people really repent, guess what? They realize they've done God wrong, and then they realize they've done other people wrong. As long as they are never willing to repent in both directions, they're, they're never going to really get right with God. But I'll tell you, that old boy come home, and he got, he got right with God, didn't he? Amen. And then there's a celebration. You can't celebrate till they get right. And David got right. Boy, I want to, I want to stay right. As we stand tonight, we'll sing a verse of this song. If you need to come tonight, you obey the Holy Spirit. You just mind the Lord while we sing. What are we going to sing, brother?